Hi, I'm Dan Young, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Glory Days of Gold, the East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Lee Gillis. We've got another fun-packed show for you, lots to chat about, another East Fife game, and what is a, a busy week for East Fife, Lee? Three matches in the space of eight days, definitely going to be a, a testing time for the club. Yeah, definitely. And, and and more importantly, hopefully we get the chance of a win. You know, we've got some, some tough matches coming up, but, you know, you know me ever the optimist. Let's hope, let's hope we can start getting onto some winning ways. Yep, definitely have to, to hope for that. A couple of wins in the cup to, to get us through to the next stage would be nice and a nice little money spinner for the club as well. So we'll chat about all those things tonight. Before we go any further, though, Lee, let everyone know who this week's sponsor is. So this week's sponsor probably up there with, with Gordon Henderson, Tony Charletta and KJK Installations is our usual sponsor, Hendry Allen. So thanks so much for your continued support, Hendry, and delighted to announce that he'll be joining us for tonight's Five Fans one too. Which seems like a good time just really to get straight into it. We kicked off right away with it last week. That seemed to have gone down quite well, still proving to be a a really popular section. So let's get into this week's Five Fan Zone. As we're joined by a couple of familiar faces and voices to chat about East Fife's win over Dumbarton. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of Fife Fan Zone. We're joined by two of our regular callers, Mr Doug Perry. Hello Doug. Hello, hello, hello. How are we? Oh, I'm absolutely fantabulous. I think that there's uh, only one reason for that. And how are we doing, Gordon? I am good. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be many people that are going to be unhappy. And I suppose we might as well ask a little friend across the pond. Michael, how are we? I've been better. Uh, yeah. No, Is, is I'm that because your prediction was wrong this week? It was. I was excited at one point, which is really bad. But I just was like, oh, this is so good if I'm going to be 100% still. We were meant to be joined by uh, young Henry Ireland tonight as well, but I don't know if he's maybe got confused trying to, to set up his Zoom account. He said he'd never done it before, so he might join us at some point. But more or importantly... he's just absolutely hammered because they won. Because, I mean, you, you've left four hours from full time to be us recording this. That's dangerous. Right, I think that we'll maybe go around Robin. On a scale of 1 to 10, Gordon, how many beers have you had tonight? Are you feeling sober? Give us a, a scale. Oh, yeah, this is just number two, so I'm still sober. Well, that's disappointing. Doug? Uh, I mean, I'm a professional, Lee. 
Um, so I'm going to say three. That's not times. what you said to me on WhatsApp earlier. I think that's a complete lie. Um, Two but, times three. Three times three. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit better. I'm going to give myself a solid seven and a half. Um, I started drinking in the the, Cairn, the, the Coilin Bridge Hotel in Aviemore, where I've, I'm spending the week. Um, three o'clock for my pint of San Miguel along with the game. And celebrating a win, gents. Yes. For the first time in, in what feels like a very, very long time. Yeah, you didn't so, ask how drunk I was. Yeah, but if, Michael, if, if you were drunk this early in the day, I, I think that, you know, I would be very, very concerned. Well, I do have my, my spinach and kale green vibes smoothie. That sounds absolutely awful. And Michael just showed us the bottle and it looks like something Shrek would produce for Fiona. So there's absolutely no danger you would catch me drinking that. Not a chance. Parsley, spirulina, Um, hemp seeds and pea protein. Spermulina, yep, that sounds like something that you would drink, Michael. Um, On the other hand, um, I've got a nice big glass of red, um, a a free bottle of the Merlot that was left in the the house for us for coming up to have more. I think Doug's on the... A glass of the white because he's a classy gentleman, and I, th- I think that Gordon's drinking anything gun, a little can anything gun. Is that yeah? I thought so. Other um, brands of flagger are available, we're open to sponsorships from any of them. But anyway, moving on, let's talk about the what we're here for a win for the Fife. First time that we've been able to say that in the league this season. Doug, sum it up for us today. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it was uh, fantastic. I thought we. The start we made to the game was everything we didn't do last week. We were fast-paced, we were on the front foot, we pressed really hard, really nice interchanges between pretty much all the all, all the players. It was it was a great start, it was fantastic. Um, look, we had a wee lull of about, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes where we let them back in, but even the reaction to, to the equaliser was superb and we got back on the back on the front foot and really pushed and you know, I thought it was well-deserved in the end. Excellent. Happy days. Gordon, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I really enjoyed the game. It was good. It was um, probably quite similar in some ways to the Montrose game. It felt quite end-to-end and entertaining, but I thought uh, our attitude was really good. Like Doug says, the kind of the reaction to to the equaliser was brilliant. Um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't the best performance ever, but... Um, a lot of good things, a lot of good performances, and yeah, they just they kind of looked like they were they were kind of fighting for it today. So really pleased with it, Michael. It seems that you know for the first time this season we're, we're able to take more positives than negatives from the game. What was your thoughts? Did you manage to make it out your scratching in time enough to watch it all? I did, and it was it was an okay performance. I mean, it wasn't a great performance. They started strong, they finished strong. The bit in the middle, Dumbarton basically took over. I think after we scored, we didn't really know what to do. Did we want to push forward? Did we want to defend? There's also a bit of fortune in there as well because Dumbarton had the ball in the back of the net three times. It didn't count. So there's, there's that aspect of it as well. <coughs> Sorry, there's that as, that's that spirulina for you. There's that aspect of the, the performance as well. But also the midfield, I felt, was quite lacking. We were a bit overrun in the middle of the park. So, I mean, it's not all positives, but it is hard to be really doom and gloom when we got our first win of the season and it, it lifted us off the bottom of the table as well. Look, let, let's do our best to, to talk absolute positives for the most part of this. You know, Dumbarton hadn't conceded a league goal all season. We've smashed two past them. 
So we take take the positive from that. And I think that the first thing that, that we come to is, is from the off, we just seemed that we were up for it today. And it was the first time that I've really seen that we went out with that bit between the teeth. Like, you want to know what? We're, we're leaving here with three points today. And I, I don't know if it's maybe a, a bit of overconfidence from the end of last season that we thought we we're maybe just going to turn up and turn teams over. But today it was just a bit like, right, we're going to show everybody what we're all about. Get that right up, you know, rank. And we're the, we're the bigger of the teams that you, you've got in charge of. And I would say that, you know, for the larger parts, we maybe were dominated in midfield. But again, I think that the, the, the one player that, that stood out like a sore thumb for me today was Kev Smith. And, and Michael and I, and sorry, Doug and I talked a bit about this earlier. He just oozed class for 90 minutes today. That Every time we got the ball, you, you were just waiting for something to happen. His cross <clears throat> come shot that that landed to, to to Jack Hamilton, who took his his, his chance superbly. You know, it, it just showed flashes of the brilliance that we, that we had last season. What do you what do you think, Doug? I know that we spoke a bit about it earlier, a bit for our listeners. Um, I, I'm going to instantly take up your uh, thought of cross come shot. I, I think if it had been any other player in the pitch, I might have suggested it might have been that, but I, I thought it was a Brilliant cross. I didn't think for a second he was trying to shoot. I don't think he thinks he would ever shoot with his right foot. Um, no, yeah, look, Kevin Smith is a superb footballer. If he didn't have these injuries, he would never have played for his life. There's no doubt about that at all. Um, yeah, look, he's class. He, he, he had a couple of moments where he completely bamboozled the fullback, uh, you know, down the wing. And he's, he's just a great footballer. And it's, it's, it would be great if he could just have a whole season where he stays fit because it makes such a difference to the team. I thought it was a brilliant cross and a fantastic header. So I'm going to take you up on that one. That's for sure, Lee. Just going to say... How dare you talk about Kevin in that respect? So basically, I, I agree really with what Doug said. I, I don't think it was. I mean, I'm a big fan of cum shots at the best of times, but I mean, I think that was a cross. I, I really think that he knew what he was doing. And I do agree with Lee, he was like outstanding. I know we'll get to that when we get to our three, two, ones, but I mean, what, what did you make of that first goal? Not just Kev's cross, but also the finish from Hamilton. Cause it's another, another great sign of what he is capable of doing up front. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was a cross as well. Um, I noticed um, on, on commentary, I think Stevie Hislop says it might've been a shot, but like you say, another player, maybe, but Kev Smith, I think he knows what he's doing. I think he, he was shaping up for it to be a cross. And I thought Hamilton did really well because it wasn't, it didn't look the easiest to headers. I mean, he had to kind of, you know, he had to he had to sort of put a bit of the power on it and get it back across the goal. So it was a really good, uh, really good finish for Hamilton. And he does look a good player. I think, um, you know, he's, he's a good player. But I think he also sort of, he can be a bit of that sort of target man. He can get on the end of crosses. And I think that's something we lacked. You know, I think Dowds, Dowds was a great player, but I don't I don't really think he could play that that kind of role. But I think Hamilton can, and I think it gives us uh, something a bit extra. And I, I mean, I, I, I had my doubts a, a little bit at the start of the game about Kev Smith wide left. But, you know, I think that's his performance. They just kind of shut up. Me up a wee bit. It was brilliant. Um, both, both creating both goals, uh, great crosses for both of them. And something that they said several times in the commentary, I can't remember if it was Hizzy or not that that said this, but 
they were playing up the fact that Hamilton is great, but he's certainly not the finished article. He still has a lot to, to learn from the game. And I think that's very true. And that's why he's been loaned out. All, all you can do when you're a loan player is to go and say, look, this is what I can do. And then it's up to the parent club if they if they want to do it. The thing is, though, if he keeps doing this, do we get him to the end of the season? Will, will he go back to, to Livingston or not? You have to think if he keeps banging the goals and they're probably going to want to recall him unless they feel they're doing enough. So a quick consensus around the room. And we'll just mention now we have been joined as well by Henry Ireland, but we'll start with Doug. Do you think we will keep Hamilton for the whole season if he continues to score the way that he's scoring? Or do you feel he's got so much to, to still learn about the game that they'll really want to keep him here for the whole year? Oh, he's, I mean, he's, he's got a lot to learn about the game, but at the same time, you know, he's... It depends on what Livingston are doing. I think if they're doing fine in the Premiership and they're not in any danger of relegation, then then they'll be quite happy for him if he, to stay here. If, he, if he's scoring, you know, I mean, the way it's going to now, he, he could be on course for 20 goals in a, in a shortened season, which is a great effort. So, no, I think they'll be more than happy for him. It's a it would give him so much confidence to score a lot of goals at any level. So um, I, I just think if you compare him to Anton Dowd, which we, we inevitably will at the moment, he looks heads and shoulders above for me. He's, he's stronger. He's, he's capable on both feet. He's good in the air. You know, the signs are fantastic with him. So no, I, I think Livingston management will be delighted with what he's doing and they'll be hoping he does it the whole season. And maybe the, maybe the, the shout is that next season he'll, he'll step up again for them. But no, I, th- I think it's it's all looks rosy for him just now. What what do you think about that, Gordon? I mean, the, the Dow's comparisons, they are going to be inevitable. But I agree. I think right now, he's just got that little bit more than Dowd's has got. And the fact that he is still young and uh, he's still learning the game, for him as a player, I mean, that's very exciting and he could have a rosy future ahead. Do you think we will we will hold on to him for the whole year? I think, <clears throat> I agree with Doug, I think Livingston will want him to stay the whole year if he's doing well. If, I mean, fingers crossed, all their strikers stay fit and they're doing okay. It may be a case of, if, you know, if he's doing well here, he's scoring goals, he's learning, they'll want him to have a season and then come back and fight for a place in their team. If in January uh, they're struggling, uh, they may they may want to take him back. But I, I think I think they want to keep him. And I agree. I, I think right for the start, I you know, first couple of games, I thought he looked a better player than Dowds. He looks like he's got more more about him. Um, maybe more of a an out and out striker than Dowds is. But I think he's got more more to his game than Dowds does and I, I thought Dowds was a really good player so I think Jack Hamilton's very promising One thing I, I hope doesn't happen is that they take him back and then they don't use him because you see that sometimes with, with guys like we had a guy over here that uh, Gary Naismith actually took to, to Queen of the South um, Gordon Forrest kind of arranged it all he's a, a young defensive midfielder did well, Queen of the South wanted to, to keep him for the whole season and the White Cats were like, no, we'll bring him back. And then he never played a single minute. So it was a complete waste for him. And it's like, hopefully, Livingston don't just think, oh, we'll bring him back into our mix and then don't use him or just use him so sparingly. Because you only learn by playing regularly. 
and starting games and playing against men every week. I mean, Hendry, what what's your thoughts on what we've seen from Hamilton so far? And also, first time that we're speaking to you in this today, what did you make of the, the overall por- performance today against Dumbarton? Um, I thought we played very well. Uh, first half was good, but see when you're talking about Hamilton, I still think he's he's still learning. Um, I think Livingston have got a big squad. They may recall him, as as you said. They might go back, but it'll just be a waste for him to go back to you not know, really get much games at Livingston. And that's why he's, he's home to the likes of us. Uh, they've got they've already got a guy called Jet, J. Emmanuel Thomas, and uh, I struggle if he went back too early, then you'll probably not get the much game time as as he will at East Fife. He, he is a good footballer. Uh, I still think he's a, a much improved Art Downs, but his um, control sometimes lets him down, like the, against Falkirk, the ball just ricochets off him, and then. They clear up the park and they, they start attack, but again, he's still, still young and still learning. But seeing the second half, I had like heart in my mouth. I thought they would score a goal, and, and they did with a needless fill from the edge of the box and they scored. So it was, it was kind, kind of panicking, but we, we, it was a kind of relief when we got, got a second goal. I mean, Lee, that's a good point that Henry makes because we have seen that a couple of times already. And, and this, this is how he isn't the finished article. This is why he is a, a way out on loan. His hold-up play isn't the best. Sometimes his first touch or his control hasn't been the best. But, I mean, this this is what you've got to learn. My, my big concern, I guess, is like it's easy for us to get carried away when a guy's banging the goals and it's just it's natural. But we have to keep feeding him. We have to keep being creative for him so that's going to come from the wingers it's going to come from the midfield so we just have to hope that that keeps going and look if he gets six eight good chances in a game even if he just takes one of those every game or two of those every game I'm happy with with that return so I mean get get the rust out of him now see what you can do and we'll, we'll just take it from there really yeah I think that the, probably the perfect description I mean he's still a bit raw you know I, I I don't think that we really need to, to to overly critique his performance. He's still a young lad. He's still got a lot to learn. But equally, he shows that the touch of class that we need when we need it. You know, whether it be the, the, the sort of goal that he scored um, a few weeks ago where he smashed it. And I, I think it was Montrose where he, he, he scored for about 20 yards by pinging it in the top the top corner. You know, he, he's shown different aspects to his performance. You know, you very seldomly seen Anton Dowd score a header. He's maybe just that bit more of a physical presence, but equally shown that he could he could score from outside the box. He could score from inside the box. I think that he's probably the all-round striker that we've probably, I'm going to lay it out on the line here, that probably the all-round striker that we've missed since Juker left. Somebody that could do a little everything so I'm quite excited by Jack and, and I'm going to put it out there I, I, I fancy him to, to be in the top three of top goal scorers maybe just behind Mitch Meganson this season Yeah you have to feel Meganson's probably going to top that scoring thing Let's look at what happened after the goal for just the rest of the first half initially which was it felt and I touched on this in my opening remarks that 
they seemed really caught as to what they wanted to do. They dominated the, the start of the game. I mean, they were looking so good. They got the goal and you're thinking, okay, they're going to go on and push now. But I don't know whether it was on purpose or just how it then played out for, for the next half hour of that first half. But it was like they didn't really know what they wanted to do. Did they want to push and get that second? Did they want to just keep it tight, get to halftime with a lead and then regroup and kind of have a new game plan? But they let Dumbarton come back into it. And we weren't punished, thankfully, for it in the in the first half. But it also continued then at the start of the second half. It felt like a Dumbarton goal was going to come. And then it, it did. I mean, what do you think was behind that, Doug? Do you think that it was a, a conscious decision to kind of ease off a bit or... Was it just Dumbarton just didn't let them continue to play like that? I mean, I'd be very surprised if we go through a whole game in this league where the opposition team doesn't have 20 minutes, half an hour, where they sort of semi-dominate the ball. Uh, it's a, you know, the bottom line is we were a team who hadn't started well this season, so there's going to be a bit of nerves there. We've been ahead against Montrose and we've let them back in. I think it was pretty natural what kind of happened all over the pitch. And I thought when Dumbarton did have their good spell up until the goal, we defended very well. And I didn't think there was, they never really threatened, you know, overly. Um, again, it felt like a little slow start to the second half from us. We never quite had that intensity that we had in the first half. And, and that just allows Dumbarton to get that little bit of momentum back in the game. And, you know, I, I'd written down that, Basically, yeah, we ha- we we just didn't start that second half well. They had the goal disallowed, and then everything sort of started leaning towards them scoring, which they, they inevitably did. The main thing for us as fans to to look on is how we reacted after that goal, which was absolutely first class. So, yeah, look, I I, I don't have a problem with it. I think that's going to happen every game this year. We're not going to there's not go- we're not going to beat someone four or five nil. I just don't see it. It's, it's a tight league and. I, I thought our game management was was pretty good. I thought it was good. Yeah, totally. And we're going to hear after this from assistant manager Tony McMinn, and that was actually one of the things that that he did mention was you're not going to have a game where you completely dominate the opposition from start to, to finish. I guess what you need to do is if you're starting strong and you finish strong, make those moments count. And it, the, the moments where you are maybe under the cosh a little bit, try and just be as solid as possible. And we'll, we'll touch now on the big kind of squad change for today, which was Jordan Hart came in as goalkeeper for Brett Long, which was a big surprise to many, I think, especially because how well Long had been playing. And we'll also hear from, from Tony after this as well, just kind of explaining what that was, but just to kind of, preempt that just now so that you guys know so we can talk about it basically he said yeah long's been playing okay so far this season but he felt that to get the defense better organized better compact and or more compact and better communication that Hart was the guy to start and go now we'll look at the howler in a sec for the equalizing goal but when you saw that Hart was in for long, Gordon, what did you think of that? And knowing what was behind it, the communication and trying to keep the defence tighter, do you think that was the right decision? I was surprised because I think as as badly as we played as a team last week, I think most of us had 
Brett Long somewhere in our three two ones. So uh, I, I thought if it was just a um, you know if, if Long was fit, I was a wee bit surprised by that. Um, I thought Hart had generally had a decent game. I think you, you can maybe point the finger a wee bit at him at the goal. Sometimes I feel, I, I kind of wonder, I ask myself if I'm a little bit more critical of Hart than I am of Long. I think as a fan base, you know, Brett Long be, became quite a, a big favourite quite quickly. And I always wonder if we, as a group, if we kind of jump on any mistake that Hart makes and we kind of forget about mistakes that Long makes. Um, so there is that, and I think I'm, I've maybe been guilty of that, but I thought he had a decent game. I think as far as the organising the defence, I think that that's something that, um, I suppose as a fan, it's more difficult to to know that about the, you know, about the character of the guys and how vocal they are, but um, like I say, Darren and Tony will know that, so if, you know, that's something I think that makes sense, um, and I thought, as a defence, I thought we obviously played better today than we had previously, whether that's um, you know, how much of an effect Hart had on that in terms of communication is difficult to say, but you know, I, I suppose it's one of these things as a manager, management team, you make a decision and if you win, it was the right decision. So, um, yeah, no, no complaints about it. That's very fair, I think, what Gordon said there. We do tend to we, we pick favourites and we, we've had it in the past uh, at East Fife where there's been two goalkeepers battling for the number one spot and it's like, oh, I think that guy's better. I think that guy should be playing. And it probably happens at clubs all over Scotland as well. If you look at Long's performance, now t- let, let's take the equaliser out of it for now. He had a couple of impressive and key punches to, to clear the danger. He was vocal. You certainly heard him. So, I mean, Henry, w- were you surprised? Do you think it was a good decision? Just what, what's your thoughts on Hart in general and, and how he played today? Um, I thought I thought Hart played all right. I know it was just probably his first start since I think he started a friendly. We didn't lose, lose, but we lose some bad goals through Hart's misjudgment. I, th- I thought he was solid. But apart from the goal, he, he was commanding his area. Um, although they had uh, two disallowed goals, I thought I thought he was, was alright for his first game in the league. Yeah, but- I, I think Lee as well. We're probably going to see Hart starting in these two cup games that, that's coming up. But I mean, everyone's going to focus on what happened for the goal. Now, I've only seen it the once. I don't think the highlights are, are up yet. I know the commentator and Hissy, they got a chance to, to watch the replay. But when I was watching it, I was like, what What the fuck just happened there? Because it's like, the, the ball comes in and it's like, oh, yeah, he's got that. And then I don't know why he didn't try and just tip it over the bar or if he thought that the defence were going to react and like kind of come back and knock the ball back to him or or clear it. But it just, first glance, it looks like he just palms the ball into the path of Wilson, who makes no mistake from there. So do you put it solely down to goalkeeping error or do you put it to slow reaction from the defence? But at the same time, they're probably not expecting him to do that. I think it's a hard decision. The goalkeepers have got the whole game in front of them. And when the ball comes in, I think I think he panics. I really don't yeah. know if, 
whether their strike their striker was first uh, first to react to, to the bombs or our defence just completely switches off us as upset. Mm. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, what do you I think? Don't we... one would have been a better choice in for that decision. I mean, what I do you put it that... down to Lee? I don't know. I think that there's 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 got to be a if, if we've brought Jordan in to command these box, he didn't do it there. I think that it's difficult because he could, he should have tipped it over the bar. And if he's not going to tip it off the bar from there, personally, I think he should catch it. Um, I, I think that he should do better to, if he's going to scream and, and, and clear his defence out, he needs to make sure that he's he's going to make the right decision and, and collect that. Um, you know, I do hold him responsible for that goal, and I think that he'll probably look back on that when the the highlights come and 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 take responsibility for that as as goalkeeper should when they make an error. But look, it it didn't cost us the game. I don't want us to dwell on a negative. I think that we need to focus solely on the fact that as as a collective team we performed really well. I thought defensively we were excellent today, and another player that deserves a shout out. And people are going to think that I'm a total fanboy, but I thought Chris Higgins was excellent today. I I really thought that. That he just he's just a leader that we've missed since Tweed left. You know, you could hear him, and particularly I've been fortunate enough to be in the, the ground um, a few times this season. You just hear him talk boys through a game, and I think that that level of experience that he has is going to be is going to be pivotal if we're going to win points, particularly against strong teams like Dumbarton. It it, it grinds you out results that level of experience. So I, th- I think that Higgins definitely deserves a shout today. What about you, Doug? Yeah, yeah, no, no he was very good. Um, he's a good player, though. He, he's shown that all the time. He's pretty comfortable on the ball. He's happy to take, you know, little chances if it's um, if it's worth doing. And, and he's got a he's got a good range of passing on him as well. Um, going back to, I, I think, I think one of the big things we've got to remember is these guys play for East Fife. We're not the greatest team in Scotland. We're not the greatest team in. in How dare you? The world. Yeah, I know, I know. If 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 Scott Agnew, by. if Scott Agnew played a eight or nine out of ten every game, where would he be playing? It wouldn't be for his life. And I think people need to remember that. It's so easy to criticise players when they, you know, Jordan Hart's come in for his first league game for God knows how long. I think he's come in because. I mean, we talked about it last week about the, the Falkirk striker sitting in front of Brett Long. Maybe he doesn't communicate well. I don't know. Um, and that's why they brought him in. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's the big thing that we've got to remember. We talk about all the players having off days and stuff, but we're League One players. If, if, they're, if they're better than that, they wouldn't be playing for East Five. That's the bottom line. Um, but no, I thought, I thought defensively they were fantastic. Very, very good. I think we've got, we've got two really classy centre-halves, which we've probably not had for a long time, but um, and and you know Slattery played well. Murdoch was as usual very very solid self. He never really has a bad game. And yeah, I just thought it was a good performance. Very very good overall. Yeah, and, and do you want to know what we we probably should call Pat out? Great performance today, Pat against a, a tough team. You know he's he's definitely come under some criticism, and I'll hold my hands up, but particularly by me, um, it's not been a natural left back. But Doug, I, I'm going to dig you out a bit here. I sent you some stats that I received about uh, corners. How do you feel with desert, uh, defended corners today, Douglas? Um, pretty well. I mean, I <laughs> I, uh, I actually chatted to you about that in terms of 
we as fans, I think, have said, right, we don't defend corners well, which, you know, I guess we don't because we watch games and we, we see goals coming in from corners. Yeah, we were pretty solid. They're a big team and we defended them well. Um, I will absolutely stick by what I said last week against Falkirk. The goal we lost from a corner was embarrassing. It was proper schoolboy stuff. But, you know, um, I, thought, I thought we did very well today. Absolutely very well. So well done, the coaching team, on your corner defending problem solving. That's fine, Doug. And for all these that are looking for it, apparently Stuarts have started selling humble pie as well as Moreland. So get that right up, you Doug. So let's talk about the second goal. And I'm I'm beyond excited to talk about this because Ryan Wallace, and I've said that across social media and stuff today, he just doesn't score a tap in, does he, Gordon? It, it, you know, he's normally not. And when I said this to Tony McMahon earlier, he's like, that's because he's never near the six yard line. But, you know, to take the chance that he took today, I mean, I thought the opportunity was gone and the next minute it hit the back of the net. Now, to give to give you an idea, I was sitting in a, a hotel watching it on my iPad and my father was like, remember, you're not allowed to shout. But I, I would have got thrown out. Honestly, if the manager of the, 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 the pub had been there at that point, I'd have been chucked out because, you know, the decibel levels I hit when that went in were unparalleled to, to probably even have a velociraptor. It was absolutely tremendous. Well, how, how can finish. you not shout at a finish like that? Like if, if you were in the stadium and it's like yeah. even if fans were in and you're told you're not allowed to shout, it's, that's just a natural reaction that's gonna come out of you. It was a, a, a tremendous finish. Gordon, you've got to talk us through it. Uh, yeah. Funnily enough, I was kind of the opposite. One of the few times in my life, uh my jaw just dropped like a cartoon character. And I was just I, I couldn't actually believe he'd done it. Um the same as you, I thought he's you know, it's one. I mean, I'm going to watch the highlights. Make sure to watch the highlights, if just for that. But um, I mean, the first touch was probably good, but because he took it away, you know, he kind of chested it away. I thought that was it gone, and you just think that's that's not a scoring chance. And uh, then he just turns and absolutely smashes it into the far corner, and it's it's unbelievable. I mean, the goal, um, the goal he scored against Cowden Beath was phenomenal as well, and this one's right up there and um, again it's similar to the the goal he scored for Kevin Beath across with Kevin Smith was excellent as well it was just a just a gorgeous goal really um, and it's it's good good to have players that have you know that can create something like that um, when, when you don't expect it um, you know you're not you're not relying on having to create uh, you know easy chances to get goals um, no, it's just it's just nice having that he's a great player Gorgeous goal has got to be the, the, the definitely the the perfect description of that. On the opposite end of the scale, Henry, let's talk about Aaron Dunsmore's sitter. Uh, he must honestly, he's going to wake up in the middle of the night and sit up boat right at three o'clock at three in the morning and go, "How the hell did I miss that?" I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever seen Happy Gilmore before. But, you know, Chubbs Peterson and Happy Gilmore says, "All you got to do is tap it in." Tap it in. That's all he had to do. The next minute, <laughs> I, I, my oh, hands yeah. I was celebrating. I was like, he I thought it was in as well. I was like, <laughs> I was jumping and there was like oh, sky tying above the goal. So I was like, oh, <laughs> we, we scored the goal after that, but I, oh, I still, yeah. I, I think Michael had um, neglected to, to bring that up. Doug, I mean, surely you, you, you bank on, on Dungey scoring from that, Doug. Actually, wrote it down at the time. It was unbelievable. I've never seen Ryan Wallace selfish. 
ever. Uh, and the fact he squared, I couldn't believe he squared it. I, I think that's why Dunsmore missed. There you go. Because he could not believe that Ryan Wallace passed up the chance to have a score and a shot. Um, yeah, no, it was a, it was a bad miss. It was a bad miss. I'm gonna I'm gonna be controversial here, guys. I'm gonna say that Ryan Wallace's winner was not his best strike he's ever done. I reckon that hit shin. That came that was like Wayne Rooney's goal against Man City when you slow it down straight off the shin guard. Could have gone anywhere. It looped in. That's not quite how he went in. That, that that's my point of view. Great technique, great vision. It's what he wanted to do. I'm not convinced he struck that over really well. But well done, Ryan, anyway. Not like you to try and be controversial for the sake of it, Doug. Yeah. Anything to try and get your Twitter followers up or anything to try and get your, your Facebook booming. I don't have, have any Oh, right. Controversial. Again, controversial. Is that just you try to be out on a limb then? So I, I don't think it's controversial. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm here to give hard facts of what I see it, you know, Lee. And sometimes, sometimes these facts will rile people. And sometimes, you know, people go, yeah, I respect that guy for what he says. But anyway, Ryan Wallace off the shin guard, looping over the goalie, happy days, three points. I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll do our best and we'll, we'll take the next five minutes and, and try and round off the performance as a whole. So we're going to come to each year and we'll ask you to surmise the performance and then we'll go on to our three, two, ones. So we're going to start off with you, Gordon. Take it away. Yeah, just really good. I mean, I think, um, I, you know, a lot of the players, I think you could say just had good games and I thought we looked... We looked kind of more organised. We looked like we were kind of fighting for it a bit more. We looked like we wanted it a wee bit more than Dumbarton. And we kind of kept the head for 90 minutes this week. So can't really ask for more than that. Doug? Uh, absolutely. We, uh, we, I think we wanted it more than them. Exact opposite of Falkirk last week. We were up for it from minute one. And barring, as I say, a small sort of segment of the game where we just you know, they got back into it. I thought we were well deserved. So it was a it was a great three point and just great to see an awesome reaction to them scoring. I worried I think I text you that actually Lee. I was worried when we went one the up that if we lose a goal, what will happen here? But the reaction was absolutely first class. So yeah, no complaints whatsoever for me. Happy days and a good night for the Fifers. Henry, surmised it for us. Just like the, the other two were saying, we, we looked hungrier the, the, the day than last week. I think we, sh- we struggled to get in the game last week to create any chances. Though we did concede a, a couple of needless fills. I wonder if, if we'll improve and get a couple of wins together after this this win. But it's definitely a huge relief after winning today, today and Getting the points on the board is, is what we need to get to the playoffs if we want to be there. Yeah, but um, I, I didn't think that there was any any of the players had a, a off day. Um, I thought Pat was good at left the, the left hand side uh, last week. Was I get a bit criticism? But it's only left back we've got in the squad unless we put in a youngster. Um, I really thought we could have used the loan market, but. If there's n- if there's no much there to bring in, then we've got to step part where he is now. So, so I think that in terms of in my point of view, I, th- I think a, a solid three points that definitely uh, across the ninety minutes we probably were the deserving of the sides. 
like Henry rightly said, we seem to concede a lot of needless fills and an absolute shock to no one. Aaron Dunsmore picked up another card than his, his first start back since he has read. I think my, my only concern is that better teams would have punished us today. Um, I think that we, we seem to be a little bit fragile at the back. And I mean, we were, we were let off the, the hook a couple of times where some goals that were disallowed and nice to maybe see some of the, the, the fortune favour us for a change. And particularly, we've not had that rub of the green so far this season. But look, we're three points in. We're only three points off second place. Um, I think that, you know, looking at the results across the, the rest of the table today have, have maybe done us well. The, the teams that I think that we need to make sure that we beat are, are the Clydes and, and the, the Peterheads who who seem to be performing similarly to us. But I mean, I didn't see Airdrie winning 5-0 today. That was a, a, a pretty big shock out of the blue. But look, let's let's get on to the to rounding it off. Three to ones. Gordon will come to you first. Three points to Kevin Smith. Already talked about what a good game he had. Uh, set up both goals, just all round great to have him back um, we really missed that he's such a, a sort of clever player classy player uh, two points to Ryan Wallace took his goal really well other than that I thought he had a really good game worked really hard um, and I'm going to give a single point to Chris Higgins again he's just solid I'd you know I'd probably put him in my 3-2-1 most weeks he's just good uh, there was a few few players that might have deserved it as well but that's what I'm going with Doug? Um, yeah, I think I'm going to give three to uh, Kev Smith as well. Um, I think when he's on, he's our, he's maybe our best player. Um, and I think he was on for the majority of it today. Um, good uh, shot for the goal, Lee. Um, so I'll give him three. Uh, two points I will give. I'm going to give Stuart Murdoch. I just... I struggle not to give him points most games. I think he's he's pretty class there. He's he's a hard man. He wins most of most of the sort of individual battles. I, I thought he was great today. Uh, and I'm going to give one to I'm going to give it to Scott Agnew. I liked that he came and took it off the centre half, which is kind of what we were talking about last week. So he's obviously listens to the pod. Um, he took it off the centre half quite a few times, which was great because I think I think he got a little bit annoyed. There was a few long balls early doors, and I think he kind of saw that and went right. I'm going to dictate the play, and that's what we want him to do. He's he's our playmaker, so I, I like that. So I'll give him one point. Henry? Um, I'm going to give three points to Ryan Wallace. I thought um, his engine and his link-up play was good. Took his goal. The win goal good with a volley. Through a pass by Kevin Smith. So I thought his um, he really stretched the game and also... Just seen the game out, taking the ball to the corner flag up the lane to the park when we needed the ball up in the, the, the half of the park. Two points I would give to um, Chris Higgins. I thought his leadership skills is what we need to be lacking since we lost uh, Jonathan Page to Brecon and uh, Stephen Tweed. And I'm going to give one, this is going to controversial. I'm going to give one to Jordan Hart for his first game. Um, although he, um, he should have done better with the goal, but as a goalie, you need to see things in front of you. And maybe it's a learning call for Tom. I don't know, but I'll just give one point to Hart since it was his first game. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I'm going to 
take a league at uh, our good friend Doug Perry's book, and I'm going to be a little bit controversial with one of my choices. Three points today. We've all, apart from Hendry, who, get, who hasn't included Kevin Smith, who was the best player in the park by a country mile today. I'm going to give my three points to Kevin Smith. I thought he'd, the guy just oozes class when he's on it. Um, some of his touches, you know, even when he's he's on that left hand side, which like uh, Gordon kind of touched on. You know, even I was surprised that he was played out there, but when he got the ball out on the left, you know, he fainted. He was turning defenders inside out. His, his crosses for the goals were excellent. Kevin Smith, three points all day long. Two points, um, president of the, the Chris Higgins fan club. I, I thought he was absolutely outstanding today. Commanded the box really, really well. And he just has a, a cool, calm, collected presence around them, which I think... That at times we, we really lack. Um, and I'm going to give my final point today to Pat Slattery. <laughs> um, I, I think that Pat was a, a, a solid performance from Pat today. Um, I think that I've, I've been hypercritical of him and I think that instead of you know jumping on people perhaps when they don't play well, we, we, we give them the, the praise when, when they play well. So, you know, I think Pat's going to going to get at my point today I, I thought he, he played his game perfectly I think he was definitely helped by how well um, Kev played and tracked back and, and tried to help him out but Pat's going to get a, a point for me today as well so that's pretty much it gentlemen um, unless you've got anything else to add Gordon uh, no no nothing else to add Doug uh, no no happy days three points in the bag and uh, let's go on against the uh, under pressure Partick team next week and take them down Hearts on Tuesday Inverness on Saturday well if we take two of the teams to penalties I mean Kevin B took Inverness to penalties so you never know <laughs> yeah definitely and do you want to know what we've, we've proven in, um, down the line that against championship teams that we've, we've definitely got enough gumption about us to, to go and show what we're capable of Lee, Lee, I've got one more thing we can talk about. Uh, all, all I'll say as a fan of East Fife is uh, Moan the Scotland on Thursday, biggest Scotland game since 1998. Um, yep. very, very, so let's do it. Let's do it. But I'm actually weirdly, extremely nervous, but quite positive about it. So Moan the Scotland. Yeah. Do you want to know what? That's, that's an excellent point. I think that, you know, Serbia, although they've got a few good players across their entire squad, you know, when we look at man for man, we're definitely in for a shout. Um, I think Lyndon Dykes has been in some great form. We've got Lee Griffiths, seems to be getting a little bit more of a, a run in the Celtic squad and, and banging some goals in. And do you want to know one thing that I will want to talk about? And I think we should talk about how well Scottish teams are performing in Europe this year. Um, if we've got a couple of minutes, I think that one of the, the major teams we need to give kudos to is Rangers. You know, taking Benfica to a draw um, is, is outstanding. And when I looked at, at Rangers' um, group, I thought that they'd be lucky to take anything, but they've, they've been excellent. And, you know, Celtic getting a draw at Rennes, uh, not an easy result either. So, you know, things are looking great for Scottish football. And, and as as fans uh, maybe in the lower tier, I think if we looked at things holistically, you know, things are looking up and... As I've mentioned before in the podcast, you know, 1998 is the, is the only time that I've seen us in a major tournament. And at that time, I was nine-year-old. Henry probably wasn't even a twinkle in his dad's eye at that point. So, you, you, <laughs> No, you, I'm still kidding about. <laughs> uh, 
you could have ended up in a sock at that point, Henry. You know, and so you know, we could definitely look at some some positive going forward. That there's every chance that we could qualify for a major tournament for the first time in a generation. Which for us young people like Henry and I will, will be quite looking forward. I, to I don't know if, what, what the country will be like if we do get to a major tournament. <laughs> I, I said to my father-in-law tonight um, that if, if Scotland beat Serbia on Thursday. I'll be going to Tesco and Abbey Moore for the finest bottle of shampoo that they've got and I'll be something like I've seen for the F1 at the back garden because I'll be absolutely delighted if we manage that. But here's here's a question for you boys, right? If you had the choice, Scotland qualifying for a major competition or East Fife getting into the playoffs, what would you take, Gordon? Oh, it's just playoffs. Uh, definitely Scotland going to a major competition. Um, I am. I don't know. Did you see a view through the terrace this week where they did the heart versus head with the Scotland game? I, weirdly, I'm, I'm. I agree with both of them. I'm really confident, but also there's a big part of me that's like, nah, they're going to beat us. We never win these games. It's 22 years of watching. You know, a little bit of hope. You think you're good, and you go away places like Serbia, and it's just. Awful, um, but oh no, I'll take Scotland. Um, I remember Euro '96 and France '98, but um, I, I was a kid, and as if, especially if we're allowed to leave our houses by the time the tournament comes around, I want to see Scotland in a major tournament. So I take that. Let's petition to get our projector screen at Bayview, and we'll all be down there and celebrate it big style. Doug, what would be your choice? One hundred million percent Scotland going to the to major finals. I, I mean, if you offered me Scotland going to major finals or East Five winning the league, that would actually be quite a tough choice for me. Genuinely, this is yeah. Uh, it, if you're not proud of your national team, you've got nothing. There's no point in sporting football. Um, I think, yeah. What I'm loving about Scotland right now is we're pretty rubbish, but I think we're now getting to the thought of. It's going to be rubbish, but we might sneak wins. When Craig Brown was manager, it was rubbish, and we sneaked wins. That's fine. That's like, let's play good football. That is gone. We, we're not good enough to do this. We've been brutal the last few months, but we're winning. So let's keep it going, and let's get to the Euros. I'm all for it. I think Scotland will qualify, because look at look at the team. He's got Considine, who's not really a good... Well, he has, he has a good football. That's why he's, he's still playing in the Premier League with Aberdeen. But he's got the aim in, in the Scotland team. He's got players like Kenny McLean that's getting weak games there and there in the Championship in Norwich. They brought Grant Hanley in, like you said, in his interview. So uh, he's a bit like Craig Brown. He'll, we'll know one big, but we'll sneak wins there and then, like Czech Republic. But I think we'll, we'll get there. But if you ask me to decide when Scotland get to a major tournament or East Fife winning the league or getting to like the championship, it'll be a hard decision. <laughs> the fact, Henry, that the first three Scotland players you went for were Andy Considine, uh, Kenny McLean, and uh, Grant Hanley it says, you know, you need Scotland to get to our finals, mate. You really do. <laughs> oh, yeah. we all do. <laughs> I've been saying it for umpteen years, and the, the, the teams that we've chosen were rubbish. We had like Charlie Mulgrew and all the players. But I think the batter years have been past us. We've got a good squad. We've got like three three good goalkeepers. Plus, the McCrory's are still in 
uh, starting by. So if any player drops out, we've got McCrory's coming through. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I would take East Fife getting into the Championship over Scotland getting to a major tournament every single day of the week. At like and and twice on a Sunday. And I don't I don't know why that is. It's probably just because I'm I'm accepting the failure at a national level that it maybe just is not as important to me. Um, but you don't get me wrong. If if we qualify on Thursday, I'll, I'll definitely be absolutely buzzing. But we'll leave it on that note, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your participation this week. Hopefully, by this time next week, we're going to be talking about wins against Harps and Inverness, and we'll be in touch and, and hopefully get you involved next week. But until then, yeah, I'm on the five. So many thanks to Doug, Gordon and Henry for joining us for another fun Five Fan Zone. Hope you've enjoyed that one. If you're wondering why I didn't say anything for the last 20 minutes or so, I had to leave, unfortunately, during the recording. You might not even have noticed, who knows. But I was heading off to a local football match this afternoon, which was a fantastic four-goal affair. Two stoppage time penalties and a sending off as well, so lots of excitement in that one. So I didn't get a chance to to give a few comments that the guys were talking about there, so I'll just add those in just now. For what it's worth, my 3-2-1, very similar to what the guys were saying. Kevin Smith for three, Chris Higgins for two, and I'm going to give one to Jack Hamilton, with a special notable mention to Stuart Murdoch, who I thought had a, a very good and solid game today. And with regard to Scotland, personally, if it was just an offer of what Lee said of would you take East Fife in the playoffs or Scotland at a major championship, I would definitely take Scotland in a major championship. If it was East Fife in the championship or Scotland in a major finals again, I think I'd pick Scotland again. And I'm saying that as a guy that is always club before country. But the way I'm looking at it, if we were to go up, I think we would struggle right now in the championship. Whereas we've got a good chance of getting back there again at some point. Scotland, just want to see them back in a a major finals before I die. Morbid sounding, I know. Still keeping my fingers crossed they're going to qualify for the 2026 World Cup over here in North America. If I get the chance to see Scotland in Canada at a World Cup, that would just... Just be a highlight of my career, I think. It's always nice to be doing those on the back of a win. I'm pretty sure Darren Young also feels like that after the game. It's always nice to talk about a game that you've won. Same with assistant manager, Tony McMinn. And Lee got a chance to catch up with Tony after the 2-1 win against Dumbarton on Saturday afternoon. Just to get his thoughts on the game, find out a little bit about some of the team selections and a couple of other things as well. So here's East Fife assistant manager, Tony McMinn. Tony, at last three points, you must be absolutely delighted with the result. Yeah, really happy with the result um, and more importantly, the performance. The boys worked really, really hard today. I felt their work great was good last week and much improved from the Montrose game. But the fact that they've you know, been rewarded today by by their win um, with, with two quality goals um, takes us in the Tuesday nicely. 
definitely a few standout performances on the pitch today. Chris Higgins again, who I thought was excellent. We're going to give a shout to Pat Slattery as well, who from the fans has maybe come under a bit of criticism, but I thought he, he played very, very well today. And of course, a captain's performance from, from Kev Smith, who I thought was excellent across the park. And again, two great goals from from Jack and, and Ryan. You know, it's, it's what the, the fans have been looking for for a while. The only criticism, perhaps, from a, a fan's point of view is is maybe we, we rolled a luck a bit at times and you, you've got to think that maybe after Dumbarton equalised, it took us till the end to, to give ourselves a shake and push on. I think there were a, you're right, there were a number of good performances today. Um, probably don't want to single out too many individuals, but the biggest thing for us is that we were closer together as a team, where units were a lot closer, it allowed us to get up and win second balls, allowed us to cover if something bounced the wrong way. We were able just to, to dig each other out and that battle and determination came through in the end. I think against a team like Dumbarton with their size, their quality from set pieces, you're always going to have stages in the game where you're not going to dominate. But we've done you know, we've done the job and we've done we've done very well. We've we've Defended set pieces well at times. The fouls apparently look like fouls. I've not seen them back yet. But this league's going to be like that. You're not going to dominate a game for 90 minutes. Nobody is. Um, it's going to be very close all the way through. What can you tell us? A bit of a surprise from a fan's point of view about Brett Long not being in the starting eleven today when a lot of us think that you know he's, he's, he's played very, very well in the opening games. Was he carrying a knock? Brett's done okay in the games. Um, that, you know, he's made good saves, that's what he is, he's a good shot stopper. We made the change today and brought Jordan in. Um, I said in the, the last wee bit there about our lines being closer together, has been further up the pitch, defending further away from our goals. And that, that starts with Jordan. Jordan's a very good communicator. He'll peel people in positions. He'll If a midfielder disappears and ends up out wide, he'll make sure somebody fills that gap. And I felt Jordan today did very well. Um, coming for cross balls and also communicating with his back four and, and getting people in the right positions and that's probably partly why we looked so comfortable. Appreciate your, your insight as always, Tony. If you had to single someone out for man of the match, who would it be? I think from, from a personal side of things, it would probably have to be Captain Marvel himself, Kevin Smith, if you had to choose. Do you know what? I'm absolutely delighted for Kev. I think that's now... So three games in a row that he's played, probably for the first time in a long, long time. He's managing to train twice a week now, touch wood that he's pain-free. And, you know, for the first time since myself and the gaffer have been there, we're getting to really see what, what Kevin Smith can do. And hopefully he can keep that up for a, a long period of time. He was he was excellent today, both going forward and um, defensively. And he's a big, big voice and a big, big presence for us. So, yeah, I would... Go along with that and um, delight, delight with Kevin today. Thanks again, Tony. And, and, and more importantly, you'll, you'll be delighted after a, a good game defending corners. Um, that's one that we could definitely send a resounding get that right up here to, to the East Fife Fan TV and the Fife Fan Zone uh, stalwart Doug Perry. I know that we had a bit of a laugh about that during the week, but anything that you want to say to the fans? Can you give us any hope for, for going into the games against Hearts and Inverness? Yeah, corners and set pieces is something that you know we've discussed. Um, we're two cells. It's something that we really want to improve on. Uh, we will listen. You, you're always going to lose goals to set pieces. Every team does, but we will improve on it this year. Um, it's a 
it'll be a different type of setup than, than what fans are maybe used to, but they need to, to back it, back the boys and, and, and trust our decisions. Um, looking forward to Tuesday and Saturday. Listen, we know what these players can go and do. They're, they've been more than capable of getting results against championship sides in the Cups before, and they'll go into the game, particularly after a good result today, with the belief that they can take something out of it. And, uh, you know, that, that all of us will do that. We genuinely believe that we're going into these games looking to pick up points and finish as high in the table as we can and hopefully give the club a, a wee cash boost in these um, testing times. Thanks very much again, Tony, and hopefully catch up with you soon, mate. Take care. He's Fife assistant manager Tony McMinn there chatting to Lee after today's 2-1 win over Dumbarton. First league win of the season for East Fife, moving them up a couple of spots in League One. What about the rest of the results and what does the table look like? Well, let's get into that just now. Won't really delve into the ins and outs of these, but it was Airdrie 5, Clyde 0. Cove Rangers 3, 4 for Athletic 0. Montrose 3, Peterhead 2 and Partick Thistle 2, Falkirk 2. What that did to the league standings keeps Cove Rangers 100% at the top. 9 goals for, just 1 against, 12 points from a maximum 12. Falkirk in 2nd on 8, then Dumbarton and Montrose in 7, Airdrie on 6, Partick Thistle on 4, East Fife in 7th on 4, then Peterhead, Clyde and Forfer. And as Lee mentioned there, you're looking at that table and like the game against Dumbarton, these are the teams you want East Fife to be taking points off, but it's a long way to go. It's going to be a very tight table and I think it's going to be like that all season long, really. Yeah, it certainly seems that way, Michael. You know that it's a complete dog-eat-dog league this year. Um, and, you know, a, a couple of good results, you'll be right up there. A couple of bad results, then you're, you're in the mixer at the bottom. So, it's, you know, we keep saying it, but it's early days, but the, the more that the, the, the weeks go on, the tougher it's going to be for everyone. And if the league continues to stay as tight as it is, then, you know, things might get a little bit more difficult. Certainly exciting for the neutral uh, as it was last year, which I know the, the division got a lot of coverage for being so tight and so close. And that all eight teams at one point in the top eight were right in the mix for, for the playoffs. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Let's just hope East Fife's right in there in a positive way come the end of this season. But we're going to have some more East Fife and some more football chat in a little bit. But we're going to break things up now. Change the mood a little bit by bringing you this week's Have You Heard? What have you got on the plate for us this week, Lee? So, going to bring to you somebody that's already been featured but in a different capacity. So, this week I'm going to bring to you an artist um, who goes under the moniker of Dev Green. Dev Green is a Dundonian lad called Grant Irvin and was in the band Model Aeroplanes and also We Were Poseidon. Um, Grant was the, the guitarist for, for Model Aeroplanes, but he's got his own so, uh, solo project. He also had another project um, with some of the guys from Model Aeroplanes called Magnum House. So slightly different sort of tune than what I would normally go for, but this one's been stuck in my head all week. A little bit of a, a fact for you as well. It was co-produced by Gary Clark. Do you know who Gary Clark is, Michael? I was going to say the guy from Danny Wilson, but I don't know who that is. 
Yep, that's exactly what it is. So produced uh, by Danny Clark from Danny Wilson. So the Dundee-ometer is about to go through the roof. So here is this week's um, Have You Heard? And it's Dev Green with No Sleep. Was Dev Green with No Sleep. Great little song, and, and Grant's a friend of mine. He's I've known him since he was a, a young lad. Really, really enjoy the song. Hope you did too. And let us know your thoughts uh, by giving us a little uh, tweet on Twitter at Glory Days of Gold. Yeah, there's always been some good talent coming out of, of Dundee. Obviously, if you were to ask someone to name a Dundee band, I think a lot of people would probably say The View automatically. But I mean, going way back, as we talked about there, Danny Wilson. And there's been some great local bands. I know when I've been to gigs there over the years and they've had local support, There, there's been some good bands there. So yeah, just get out and support local music, just like we go out and support local football. So let's get back to the, the football chat now. So there was a, a, some feedback from last week's show just re- regarding the, some of the stuff that was 
talked about in Fife Fan Zone. Long-time listener, long-time fan, Donald Walker was one of the people that left a message on Facebook saying we were maybe being a little bit overcritical of the team uh, for that performance against Falkirk and shared some stats to show that it, it wasn't really that different from, from the last meeting uh, against Falkirk last season, Lee. I think, though, people watching it maybe just felt it was a little bit different, maybe just the, the lack of games or the excitement going into this season and the fact that we hadn't won any of the first two games just kind of filled people with a little bit more doom and gloom than they maybe would have had. Do you feel any differently about the performance a week on? Well, obviously, I didn't see the, the Falkirk game um, we work in, so I could only say that I've, I've watched the highlights. Um, look, I think that we could all hold our hands up and, and think that we didn't play as well as, as what we could have done. There's no two ways about that. But, you know, our Falkirk are bigger side. Of course, they are the full time, you know, throwing some good money around. There's one of the points that I didn't completely agree with with Donald was that, you know, he, he sort of really hung up on the, the fact that we lost Anton Dowd. So don't get me wrong, was a player that we both really liked. But I think that we've definitely got a replacement for him and, and Jack Hamilton. And, and I'm going to say something I've said already. I'd actually put money on Jack Hamilton score more goals if he stays injury free than Anton Dowd has. So I don't think that that's as much a massive loss as what we initially were concerned about. The game that I was sort of referring to when I said there wasn't much difference between us and Falkirk last year was the first initial home game sorry, away game to, to Falkirk that I was at. And, you know, from watching the game, there didn't seem much between the sides, but, you know, they've made some cracking additions over the summer. And, you know, that likely they will probably win the league this year. They are my favourites for the league, along with probably Cove, because Partick don't seem to have started too well. So, look, I totally appreciate um, Donald's comment about the fact that there's certainly a golfing class and he's a guy who... You know, his, his work speaks for itself um, and he's a guy I've got a lot of respect for and hopefully we can get him on the show at some point. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't wholeheartedly agree with everything that he said, but there's a lot of his points that I do take. Yeah, I, I mean, the Anton Dowd thing, Anton, good player. I mean, has shown it already with Falkirk. I do think we've got a, a good replacement in Jack Hamilton. And, I mean, Jack Hamilton with a Premier team, I know that doesn't necessarily make you a better player, but he's learned some stuff there. He's shown some skill. He's got some goals already. He certainly looks a, a goal threat. We just have to get the ball to him. We have to get some creativity going up the wings in the middle of the park. And I think we'll we'll kind of see Hamilton explode this season. And I would expect him to probably get more goals than Dowds did for, for us last year. But we also had a little bit of feedback about one of the comments that Doug had mentioned just regarding defending corners, defending set pieces. Do you want to explain a little bit about that, Lee? Yeah, so thanks to to Tony, um, Tony McMinn, who gave us a little bit of the, the analysis from the corner defending this year. So it hasn't looked as bad as maybe we initially thought. Um, it's what we'll do is maybe with, with Tony's permission, we might be able to share this down the line. But what they've done is they sent the analysis of the, the corners that we've conceded, which was 20 in total, and only conceded one goal from a corner so far this season, a conversion rate of 0.05%. And the majority of the the defending from corners, we seem to have defended more than, you know, the, the even the... 
uh, opposition have got uh, the first touch on it. So it's maybe not going to be as bad as it initially looked. But I think what Doug's point more was it seemed to be more of a reflection on last season. So we'll see how that goes going forward. But, you know, it's maybe not as doom and gloom from corners as it initially seemed, Doug. Yeah, it again, as football fans, I think that when you're... Well, when you're analysing games, sometimes it's easy to have the blinkers on. So I guess you also have to kind of break down where other things have happened. Has there been a breakdown somewhere else in the park? Did somebody lose their man in one case? Was it just poor defending in, in some case? But certainly something to, to keep an eye on. A little bit more East Fife news that we'll talk about just now. The latest newsletter came out from Chairman Jim Stevenson. And it covered a lot about what we've been talking about in the show in recent weeks, and especially a a big chunk of what Associate Director Liam Anderson was talking about on last week's show. Obviously, won't read it all to you. You can find it on the the East Five website in the news section. But basically, he's, he's talked about a few things. Stadium improvements. There's going to be new LED floodlights that has been installed. So we should hopefully start to, to see the the benefit of that for the financial running of the stadium because they're a lot more energy efficient and long life floodlights as well. Talked about the start to the season, talked about stuff that's happened on the, the playing side, basically confirmed that Danny Swanson has been feeling a niggle in his groin and he is going to undergo a scan. It's not expected to be a, a long-term injury. The fact that they're going for a scan, Lee, probably means it's more precautionary but you've got a little bit of a concern there if they feel it's niggly enough to actually send them for that yeah definitely and again kudos to the club for for i think potentially listening to one of our gripes is that the communication when it comes to injuries don't seem to be great so thanks for that and it's good to know that obviously danny is carrying a a slight knock obviously not great news um, that he is, but you know the, the fact that it, that they're waiting on a scan makes it not sound as serious as, as obviously maybe having to be rushed in. So hopefully it's, it's nothing too badly, and we could get Danny on the pitch because you know he might not have had the greatest starts, but someday with, with his talent, we need on the pitch as soon as possible. Yeah, groin injuries, and there's a couple of other kind of injuries as well that I know from players over here that that have had in recent seasons, sometimes they can be a real bugger and they can just niggle away for a while. It's not serious enough to need an operation, but it's just something that, that isn't getting better. We, we had a guy that had a, a foot injury. It wasn't a break. It wasn't anything really, really bad, but it just was not getting better. Same with another one that had a, a abductor injury as well it just was not getting better and it went on for weeks and then into months so fingers crossed that isn't going to be the case with Danny and we'll we'll get him back healthy on the pitch soon just a couple of other things that Jim Stevenson mentioned in his newsletter he confirmed what Liam talked about on the the show last week about why the pricing point is 12.50 for EFTV so I mean that's all understandable and I I just want to kind of Touch on EFTV for just a little bit since we're we're talking about it just now. I know that there were issues today with the stream. There were some big, big sound problems for for the the start of that. Fair play, though, to East Fife. They emailed all the subscribers and the gold overseas subscribers to explain that it was all due to a USB issue. It affected the first 35 minutes of the game. It was remedied once they found out what it was. 
And I think after that, it, it was good. And I know when you're paying for a service, you want it to be top-notch. But, I mean, it's still teething problems. I'm just glad that they're very responsive and they explain what's going on and they're managing to fix it. And overall, after that, it was a pretty good stream. As a lot of folk will know, I'm also an AFC Wimbledon fan, been a long-time member of their Supporters Trust uh, from before I, I moved over to Canada and been back regularly, seen them play a few times. So, a couple of seasons ago, I was watching their games, I signed up for iFollow TV, and it was dreadful. The The quality was poor, uh, you didn't at that point be able to get the, the video stream with commentary, you had to choose video or audio, but it, it was a way to, to support the club and to, to watch the games and, and stuff like that. But I didn't feel it was good value for me because I wasn't regularly getting up in time to watch the games live and, and stuff like that. But a lot of you will know, Wimbledon made a historic return back to Plough Lane on 20 years after they had to leave Plough Lane and they got moved to Milton Keynes and then they became a Phoenix club and set up a separate club. So many of you all know the history. They're finally back home. They're finally back at Plough Lane. So... They were playing a game against Doncaster on Tuesday night. I got a free pass. I was lucky enough to get one of those from the Dons Trust for the game. But the eye follow quality was absolutely atrocious. And it wasn't just me. It wasn't my connection. Because there's been so many complaints in Wimbledon forums and stuff. It kept buffering. Folk missed the goals because it was buffering at the wrong time. And it was just terrible. And that is a company that's been doing this for a while. And when you see all this... What we've got with East 5 TV, the quality, there's been a couple of teething problems that get fixed right away, but this continues for the whole game in this. I mean, East 5 TV, when you see something like that, it's just absolutely second to nunly. Well, that, you know, it's encouraging signs and, and we know how much looks like time and effort goes in behind the background and, and obviously Liam gave us a bit of insight to that. I mean, the club now are, are looking to, to invest in a 4K camera and, and, you know, these things don't come cheap. You know, they, they don't come cheap. And I think that, you know, maybe we perhaps take for granted the quality that we've got, considering the level of highlights that we've had over the years, you know, whether it be Graham, um, Graham Mackay or, or whoever, you know. So I think that, yeah, we potentially do take that a little bit for granted. And, you know, you only have to see some of the, the complaints about Pixelot or, you know, the, the camera following a, a, a bald head guy's uh, head on the, on the touchline. You know, there's, there's, there's so many examples of poor quality just now and like I say teething problems with with EFTV definitely you know that there's no getting away from that but I think maybe try and cut the club some slack because it is definitely better than a lot of the quality out there. Final thing just about what Jim Stevenson's newsletter said he talked about the financial aspect of the club and he mentioned about the, the GoFundMe that's raised over 15,000 so as, as we always say support the club as best you can Christmas shopping it's like you don't want to be going out in the stores, really, and who knows who you're going to be in stores with. Go to the club shop, order some stuff online, go pick it up. There's your ideal Christmas shopping. But fundraising, we talked a little bit about it with Liam on last week's show. He mentioned that the, the club haven't gone begging to the community yet. Lee made a good point about at what point is that going to come? Would you not be better just to do some now? So just before we started recording this today, we're recording this part on Friday before the Dumbarton game, just flicking through my usual morning reads, and on the BBC website there was a really interesting article 
about a scheme that has been launched throughout Scottish football called Donate a Ticket. Now, this was set up by a Kirkcaldy-based football fan, Rory Kilgour, and he teamed up with a graphic designer, Liam Darling, and web developers Andrew Fraser and Eduardo Toselli to create an online site where fans could buy the equivalent of a match day ticket. And 100% of the money that is raised goes to the football clubs, so they don't take any cut themselves. Now, to date, 125 clubs have signed up for this. Only seven SPFL clubs have so far, and I'll come to who they are shortly. But it's also attracted clubs from Ireland and from Wales as well. And basically, in short, what, what you're doing is, on a match day, they'll put some fixtures up, and you can buy a ticket as if you were going to be going to the game. Now, you won't be watching the game, it's just you're doing a donation to your club. So, it's a little bit like the GoFundMe, I guess, and folk have talked in different online forums and and stuff about maybe making a a donation to East Fife on a regular basis. Some have suggested like a 1903 club, where you do £19 and and £3 a, a month. But this donate a ticket scheme seems like a fantastic way forward. So, to give you an idea... A lot of the clubs and their fixtures are actually selling more tickets than they would have if a game was played. So a couple of examples that they give in this article. They had an online fixture between Stenhouse Muir and Berwick Rangers, and they sold 646 tickets to that. Now, the last time those two teams played in April 2018, only 300 fans attended that game. Beath Juniors and Trenent Juniors pulled in £9,000 between them and actually saw the website crash due to hundreds of fans refreshing the site to donate because they have a little bit of a competition going. When they put a fixture up, they want to to then get the clubs to promote it online to see, oh, can you raise more money than this team? So imagine if it was East 5 Wraith Rovers because Wraith Rovers are one of the teams that, that signed up to this league. You have, it's Wraith against East 5. Which fans can raise the most money for this? And you just have a battle back and forward. I just think it's an absolutely fantastic idea. Yeah, don't get me wrong, there's elements to it that are absolutely amazing. But as you're saying that, you know, why not just buy the money for the, the, the stream that would go directly to the club anyway? You know, that's what the club have asked for. But the, the premise of the idea is excellent. And and certainly, you know, th- there is ways and means around that. I think that if you're a family and you've, you're buying one stream, but you would maybe buy two or three tickets, you know, for kids or whatever along with it. It's definitely maybe where you could put your excess cash that you would normally go. But, you know, I think fundamentally, first and foremost, we we really want to put that money directly into the the EFTV stream. Yeah, this is more kind of an additional thing for people that are maybe wanting to to make an additional donation. So, for example, the season ticket holders that already get the, the streams free. Just to give you an idea of the kind of money that we're talking about, the team that has raised the most money so far on this is Trenent Juniors. They've sold altogether 3,780 3, tickets and raised £20,366. Now, basically, you can buy a ticket for £5, £10, £25, or any amount of your choice. So it's entirely up to you. It's basically just a, w- a way to donate, like GoFundMe, but everything's going to the club. Second are Wraith Rovers who have sold 2,046 tickets and raised £19,669 into their coffers. 
And interestingly, Stranraer, who have only sold 628 tickets, but they've raised over 15 grand from those tickets. So some big, big donations from people doing that. Because Cumnick are fourth, and they've sold 2,000 more tickets, but they've raised £500 less. So it's all, all about donations. But there's only seven SPFL teams that have signed up for this just now. Wraith, Stranraer, Stirling, Steny, the Foundation of Hearts, Clyde and Montrose. And I'll, most of the other ones are like Lowland League and Highland League. Especially important for the Highland League because they've got no money coming into their teams just now. There's also teams from the, the Women's Premier League that's in it, East of Scotland, some junior teams. And there's teams in the English League North and South in non-league. But there's also two English National League teams in it, Woking and Maidenhead United. So it's just a, an additional way for, for people to, to raise money. If you're interested in it, the website is donateaticket.com and you'll get all the details there. Glenroth SFC are in it, so I might make a, a little contribution to them. And they have league tables and you can just see where your team is in the league table. So it's a little bit of fun. I think it's a great idea. Depending if these five sign up for it, we might even, even if they don't, might get Rory on the on the show at some point just to chat about what his idea was behind it and we're always looking for interesting guests so he's somebody that we could maybe have on somebody else Lee I'll just throw this to you because I haven't told you this yet so I may as well tell you live on the show have you seen on YouTube the video series Footy Adventures it's an English guy that's doing a ground hopping thing around all 42 league clubs yeah but he couldn't get into Bayview yeah, he couldn't get into Bayview, so I've I reached out to him, and uh, I've said we might get him on the show just to kind of chat about what his adventures are, what he's thought of his favourite ground so far, and maybe also work a little bit with the club to try and get him back up and get him into Bayview and have a, a look around that. He even went to Kelty Hearts as well, so he's he's doing some of the non-league teams, but I, I'm enjoying it. I'm a bit of a ground hopper. I've done some series on the website over here, and I'm going to add some up to the, the UK AFTN as well. I, I just love ground hopping. I love going to new grounds. When I've been over visiting my parents over the, the last sort of 12 years, I like to have a little bit of time in London, either before or at the end of my trip, and I try and get to some of the non-league grounds that I've never been to before. So I definitely love ground hopping. Yeah, me too. And and actually, I'm, I'm away up to Aviemore more Saturday, but the following week, obviously, we're in Inverness. So I'm up that end of the, the woods anyway, but um, I need to try and figure out a way to get there and back from Aviemore because obviously my wife and daughter would have to drive home. So if there's anybody that is going up, <laughs> obviously it's not going to happen when there are not being any fans there, but I might just go and stand outside the ground because it's one of the few in Scottish football I've yet to go to. There is also the, the main train line, I think, goes through Avi more up to Inverness, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it does definitely go up that way. But again, you know, if I could maybe speak to Liam, we might be able to see if I could get in as, as press, but I would need to try and find a way home because the train from Inverness to, to Mark Inch, the last time I checked that was 65 quid. And yeah, uh, wife's still on furlough, so that won't be happening. Yikes. Well, hopefully there's not going to be any traffic jams that you're caught with on your way up to Aviemore, Lee. Probably your least kind of favourite jam, I'm pretty sure. Ivor Cutler's favourite one, according to the song that we play. But I think that brings us nicely to find out just what is 
former East Fife cult hero Willie Brown's favourite jam. What's your favourite jam? Traffic jam. What's wrong with raspberry? What's wrong with plum? How's about a blob of elderberry on a scone? What's your favourite jam? You're at home, you decide to have some toast or a muffin or a crumpet and you want to have some jam in it. What's your favourite jam, Willie? Strawberry. Good answer. Can he go wrong with strawberry? No, no. Can I beat strawberry jam? What's your favourite jam? Well, there you have it. It's the burning question you all wanted to know. And now you do. That was Willie Brown's favourite jam. But I think it's time now to get to this week's mailbag. Has your sack been bulging again this week, Lee? Not so much this week, apart from um, Donald calling me out on the, the Facebook page or calling us out on the Facebook page. There's not been an awful lot this week. Again, you know, we're, we're still appealing for your right-backs. Um, I do keep meaning to post up on Twitter um, about, about narrowing that down. We've still not got that far yet. We're still looking for some away day memories or whatever you've got. Let us know. Apart from that, fairly, fairly quiet. The, the usual culprits letting us know that they're enjoying it. But one thing that we do need to discuss is our very own Phil Charletta's new single gets released next week. I've had a little listen to it. I, I got a little sneak peek and it's great and I'm sure you'll like it. Yeah, I saw an article. Um, it was probably Phil that shared it, actually, on one of his, his social media things. That's probably where I saw it from. Yeah, just talking about his second single coming out. So, I mean, that's great. I, I'd played his first one on the show here, and I thought I'd get some feedback, at least possibly about no one could understand what he was singing. But there was no feedback at all. I was a bit disappointed by that. Awkward. Although, the other thing is, is um, I'd, Phil was doing a question and answer session on his Instagram um, for all of his fans and he had cheekily put up what's your favourite podcast so naturally he, he, he tagged us in it about Glory Days of Gold but he also tagged Cy Ferry in it from Open Goal and then Cy Ferry then shared a picture of our beautiful face on his Instagram story and said thanks very much to Phil um, for, for recommending his podcast so we'll take it Cy's got something like 15,000 followers or something like that on, on Instagram. So hopefully we've got some new listeners. And if you are a new listener, hello. Yeah, that, that photo of us, we've, we've had a few suggestions as to who it is. Simon and Garfunkel was one of them. I I, I like to think that I'm the, the talented songwriter one of the two, but I don't know. Yeah, but the, I'm going to call you out here, Bruno. I think that calling us a fat Simon and Garfunkel was a little bit on the harsh side. You know, we prefer the more to love category rather than just being straight out fat. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that that was mightily uncalled for. And you're on a yellow card for future abusive comments. To be fair, I look very chubby in that picture because, well, A, that one was taken in 2012. But also, the there wasn't any decent pictures of me that we had that kind of fitted the criteria of like kind of matching up with yours so it's kind of little it's kind of blown out a little bit so it doesn't make me look wider so i can see why folk think we look really chubby in that you look nice and thin in your in your black thing i look fatter than you in it yeah i know and that was last year after i'd lost about two and a half stone so i selected my photo carefully anyway we would like to hear more stuff from you we've got a whole load of 
topics that we've chatted about, um, they always remain open. So we want to hear your all-timer livings, hard men, as, as Lee mentioned there, away day memories, just anything you've got, anything you want to talk about, East Five memories, get in touch. So this week we're going to bring you from you to the A to Z. And even though I said I wasn't going to say A to Z last week, I then proceeded to say it anyway. And it's going to take me a while to get out of that. This is my daughter's nursery rhymes that play all the time. And they're all American, so I can't get them out of my head. So please accept my most humble apologies. But after letter A last week, we move on to B. And there's so, so, so many that we could choose. The first one's got to be Bayview. I don't think that there's there's going to take much that's going to beat that. It's our home, even our new home, we named um, Bayview as well. But I've, I've tried to think of a few. So there was one which came up with two answers, which was Brown. Struggling, struggling. Or Willie Brown. Or De- Derek Brown. Oh, or have Christ. you forgotten him already? <laughs> I try to keep them in. I support these five more than you do. And I can assure you, you do not. Um, yeah, I try not to, to think about him. We still still have nightmares. Um, on top of that, um, there was one more that I thought of, and it's got to be giving a shout out to one of our only league winning managers, and Davy Bakey. Yeah, some good ones there. I, I would have to say, though, down with Brown. So can't go with that. But Bayview would obviously be my selection. And it's like a triple whammy. You've got Bayview Park, beautiful old stadium, miss it so much, proper football ground, Bayview Stadium. I know it's one stand. We, we talked about the footy adventure videos there and the fact that the guy couldn't get in. And there was lots of comments about, oh, you've not missed anything. It's just one stand and three brick walls anyway. But it's got one of the most beautiful views in all of Scottish football, I, I think. But you've also got The Bayview, the name of the, the programme as well. So you've got a triple whammy there. So I think that is it. Thinking about like players and stuff, Willie, Willie Brun is a good one. Because, of course, outside Old Bayview, you had Willie Brun as God. So again, tying in with Bayview. Bayview Bar. Another Bayview mentioned there. But that was our favourite drinking haunt back in the day of many, many people. And I think a lot of folk will remember the video that went around after East Fife won their championship with that win at East Stirling in 2008 and the mass celebrations that took place at the Bayview Bar. So, just fantastic memories there. I don't think it really deserves anything else. Ball bags, if you want to... We've we've had a few ball bags in our team over the years. Speaking of ball bags, Bobby Lynn... (laughs) <laughs> he was the other one that came to my head. And sorry, Bobby, if you're listening, you know I love you really. But um, you've got Bobby Lynn, Bobby Barr, Bobby BB. So there, there's there's definitely a lot of bees that we could throw in there. Let us know what yours are if you've got any. Give us a little tweet on Twitter at Glory Days of Gold. So yeah, let us know who your favourite East Five bees are. Could get a few interesting suggestions with that. The bastards. bastards in the black, yeah, as well, because there was the original bastards, and then I sponsored them for a tournament, and I brought in a ringer that was playing junior football in the West of Fife, and we got to the the final of a of a tournament. <laughs> Peter Bell, so he was playing junior football and had had a look at for playing the senior game. So there was some local charity tournament on, and I said I'll sponsor the team that can be the AFTN bastards, and. I brought this ringer in and he was superb and they got to the final but they lost lost in the final. 
But that's nearly it for this week's show. We've just got one last segment to go, and it's this week's Wavelength. So what we've been doing, we've been alternating the songs, and I've been trying... I set myself a tough challenge that I nearly shied away from this week because last week's song was Half Man, Half Biscuit, The Referee's Alphabet. So obviously to try and complement that, I had to kind of go with a song about referees, and there's not a lot of songs about referees out there. So what I've done, I've actually picked a song. It's a, it's a Scottish folk song from the 60s. So this is a very different to some of the, the usual songs that I pick. Uh, I don't mind my folk music. Um, I kind of like that kind of traditional Scottish sound. And like Pete and Diesel, if we're talking about kind of current bands, I love the, the sound of them. I've been listening to their stuff a lot this year. But this is a song from 1966. And a Glasgow folk singer called Matt McGinn, who sadly passed away in 1977, just aged 48. He had a couple of football songs that I've got lined up to play down the line. But this is one from his self-titled album, Matt McGinn, and this is The Fitball Referee. Why 
Matt McGinn, the football referee there, is something a little bit different, but keeping the kind of Scottish theme going. If you like folk music, let us know. If you thought that was worse than my punk songs, let us know that as well. But we'll see what Lee picks in the segment next week, and if I'm struggling to compliment it, I'll just pick my own wavelength the week after. But I'd like to kind of have something that is connected in some way, so it's up to Lee to pick something that's a bit more open than a song about referees. Anyway... That is it for this week's show. Anything you want to say in Wavelength, anything you want to say about the show, plug our sponsor one last time and let everyone know where they can find you online, Lee. I think sometimes are better left unsaid, Michael. But look, thanks all for listening. Really appreciate your continued support. As per usual, you can find me in all the usual places on social media, particularly Twitter's where I'm the most active, so at LeeG1903. Please do continue to hit subscribe on your podcast web listening website. So it does help us in terms of our analytics and seeing where all you guys are. Apart from that, Michael, over to you. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for subscribing. Thanks, Hendry Ireland, for sponsoring the show. Thanks to everyone that took part in Five Fan Zone this week. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada or at AFTN website. Shoot me an email, aftncanada at hotmail.com. Got a couple of emails. I do need to reply to it. As I said, I am very bad at that. And I will get around to it at some point. So thank you for everyone that has got in touch. You can also check out all our stuff. The East Five website is aftn.co.uk. And you can get any North American and Vancouver Whitecaps chat on aftn.ca. But that is it for this week's show. We will be back next week after a busy week of action for East Fife. There's a couple of cup games to chat about. We'll see how they have gone. A little bit of a break from the league action. But until then, thanks for listening. Take care and mourn the Fife. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.